Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. It's a whistleblower lawsuit against the city. I'm Megan Cloherty. Maryland leaders make a final push to relocate the FBI headquarters in Prince George's. I'm John Doman. After the beating death of Tyree Nichols, the Justice Department investigates police practices in Memphis. CBS correspondent Matt Piper joins us at 7.15. It's 7 o'clock. Feds say Louisville police violated civil rights. Heartbreak all over again. Bodies of two Americans still in Mexico. Mexican authorities are still conducting their investigation. Capitol Hill COVID debate. There's no consensus yet about the virus's origins. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Jennifer Kuyper in Chicago. The Justice Department says Louisville, Kentucky police have engaged in a pattern of violating people's constitutional rights. CBS's Allison Keyes. The 2020 shooting of Breonna Taylor, a black woman fatally shot by police who came through her door with a battering ram under a no-knock warrant, sparked outrage across the nation. Attorney General Merrick Garland says Louisville police conduct searches based on invalid warrants, unlawfully executes warrants without knocking and announcing. Louisville Mayor Craig Greenberg says in a statement, the city and police will do everything possible to correct the mistakes of the past. Allison Keyes, CBS News. Reaction to the government's findings from Breonna Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer. It's heartbreaking to know that everything you've been saying from day one has to be said again through this manner, you know. The bodies of two Americans killed in northern Mexico drug cartel violence have yet to be returned to the U.S. Two survivors found in a wooden hut have been at a hospital in Brownsville, Texas. CBS's Omar Villafranca. Mexican authorities announced that they did arrest a 24-year-old man who was basically the lookout for this particular stash house of the cartel. And that's about all that we have right now. We know that the Mexican authorities are still conducting their investigation and doing forensics, which is why still the, the bodies of the two other Americans are still down there. The Republican-formed House Select Subcommittee on the COVID pandemic holds its first hearing with discussion on where the virus originated, a topic of debate even among federal agencies. Former CDC Director and Trump appointee Robert Redfield. Based on my initial analysis of the data, I came to believe, and I still believe today, that it indicates that COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak. Johns Hopkins Professor Dr. Paul Awadah. We may never know the origin conclusively. Making claims that cannot be supported sufficiently by available data only fuels confusion and mistrust. In Southern California, staff at a local hospital have donated some much-needed supplies for people trapped by snow in the San Bernardino Mountains. ER nursing manager Danielle Fulwell. It's not just me. I think the whole community. Neighbors are helping neighbors up there. Seeing all this behind me is a godsend. As they clear the snow in that area to the north, residents are preparing for another atmospheric river. On Wall Street, the Dow closed down 58 points. The Nasdaq gained 46. Now this. Staples stores are a new world of possible with innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Now 7.03 here on WTOP. It's Wednesday night, March 8th, 2023. Reagan National at 50 degrees. Temperatures dropping into the 20s in the suburbs. The full forecast on the way. Good evening. I'm Dimitri Sotis with the top local stories we're following this hour. 
breaking news on WTOP. We've got to take you straight to Capitol Hill. A vote in the Senate on a Republican resolution that would repeal D.C.'s new criminal sentencing guidelines. Take you live now to WTOP's Mitchell Miller. What's new, Mitch? Dimitri, the vote on the disapproval resolution is about to pass easily with bipartisan support. The measure currently has 67 votes in favor with 12 against. Well over the majority needed. Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty led the effort to repeal D.C.'s sentencing guidelines, which would lighten penalties for several violent crimes. It sends the wrong message that D.C. is not serious about fighting crime. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser vetoed the D.C. Council bill with her own concerns about its penalties, but she does not think D.C. should, that the Congress should be intervening in the matter. I am not happy that the Congress is intervening in our laws. President Biden has said he will not veto the legislation. Reporting live on Capitol Hill, Mitchell Miller, WTOP News. Mitch, people earlier in the week may have heard that the council chairperson decided to go ahead and essentially rescind the bill in an effort to just take it off the table. Uh, Why was that seemingly irrelevant in all of this? Well, for one thing, the House had already passed the legislation. So Senator Haggerty pointed out that there's really no way that you can offer up the bill, have Congress take it up, and then suddenly pull it away. So that was really the key. And he said that there was really no provision under home rule to do that. Even Phil Mendelson, the council chair who offered that up, admitted that this was unprecedented. So there was really no way to do that. Now, Mendelson argues that this bill is essentially hollow, that there's really nothing to it. But still, it's a big stinging defeat for the district tonight. Yeah. And I wonder if it was just an opportunity for members of Congress to weigh in on this subject and maybe even win some points back in their home districts, interesting. Absolutely. There was no doubt that 49 Republicans, all of the Republicans in the Senate, were going to vote for this. But this is really also a black eye for Democrats because Democrats were put in a tough position here on whether or not to vote for or against this bill. And as we can see by the vote count tonight, which is now up to 72 yes, 12 against, a lot of Democrats have decided they don't want to be looked at as potentially soft on crime, especially with many coming up for re-election next year. So this really put them in a tough position. That's WTOP's Mitchell Miller joining us live on the breaking news. The Senate votes to overturn the D.C. crime bill, the first time in more than three decades that Congress has blocked local legislation. Much more to come here and at WTOP.com. Let's turn to Newport News, Virginia. We are learning that the six-year-old student, the six-year-old boy who shot his teacher during class early this year, will not face criminal charges. The city prosecutor tells NBC News that the possibility of a six-year-old standing trial is problematic, that he doesn't believe there's a legal basis to charge the child. Instead, his office is looking into whether any adults related to the case should be charged in some way. The shooting at Rich Neck Elementary School in January sent a first-grade teacher to the hospital. A lawsuit is now expected to be filed on behalf of that teacher, 25-year-old Abigail Zwerner. 707, the former director of D.C.'s 911 dispatch center, was kicked out from that position after only a year. Now she says the mayor and her administration repeatedly concealed errors to downplay serious, life-threatening, and often fatal mistakes. That's according to a whistleblower lawsuit filed earlier this month. Let's get more from WTOP's Megan Clority on an important story for your safety anytime you're in D.C. and you need to call... 911. In her suit, former interim director of the Office of Unified Communications, Cleo Sabido, says when she took the helm in January 2021, she was astonished at the problems plaguing the 911 dispatch center. Sabido claims dispatchers sent responders to the wrong address 10 times in just one day, and that the office intentionally avoided public information requests, was understaffed, undertrained, and working with outdated equipment. 
When she reported concerns the city could be violating the law with how it was reporting 911 call taker data, she was fired. The mayor's response? I look forward to that case. Megan Cloherty, WTOP News. It's 7.07. For more than a decade, the federal government has been working to find a new home for the FBI's headquarters. It's down to Springfield, Greenbelt, and Landover. Today, leaders in Maryland got their last chance to convince GSA that the FBI should have a home at its or in its state. This is a legacy-defining decision for the Biden administration. Maryland Governor Wes Moore and other leaders came here to GSA headquarters emphasizing multiple executive orders from President Biden that focus on equity. Equity is important and is not to be made a mockery of. And also cost. Senator Chris Van Hollen. The cost of Springfield is a minimum of a billion dollars more. But cost and equity rank low in the current scoring, while proximity to Quantico is the highest. GSA assured us, and the FBI assured us, they would go back to the table. Congressman Steny Hoyer says... And reassess the correctness of this process. At GSA headquarters, John Dome and WTOP News. Virginia leaders are expected to make their final pitch to the GSA tomorrow morning, and WTOP will be there. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $59. Michael and Son. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks, Bob Imler in the traffic center. On the Beltway, Montgomery County, outer loop, very long delays from Silver Spring into Bethesda. The very long-standing crash still there on 270 northbound before Old Georgetown Road had been in the center of the roadway. And uh, it's been there since about 5.30 this afternoon. So still sitting there. They may be in the process of trying to get it to the shoulder. But it's been in there long enough to cause quite a bit of damage as far as delays on the outer loop. And on the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, did have a crash southbound near the Beltway. It's out of the roadway now, and uh, things are starting to pick up. Just some brief volume delays there. 95 is doing all right in both directions. Uh, in Maryland, not so much in Virginia. Southbound on 95 in Virginia. It's happened once again near Lorton. Southbound on 95, the crash along the left side of the roadway, still squeezing by to the right. In the main lanes there on 66, things are running pretty well for the most part. Stafford had a crash earlier, Route 1 near Woodstock Lane. That has been cleared. Oh, back at Maryland, Interloop near Connecticut Avenue had one stopped along the left side of the roadway. Very slow coming up from 355 past Connecticut Avenue. It's the D.C. Sports Huddle sponsored by MGM National Harbor. Visit the Bet MGM Sportsbook and Lounge at MGM National Harbor today to make your sports opinions count. Bob Inler, WTOP Travel. Storm Team 4's Mike Stanford. Clear skies and cold tonight. Lows will be in the 20 suburbs, low to mid-30s in the district. Sunshine, much lighter winds on Thursday. Highs low to mid-50s. A cold rain moves in on Friday. May start us some wet snow, mainly north and west. Little or no accumulation. Highs 40 to 45. And on Saturday, mostly cloudy and breezy. Highs in the 40s. I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Mike Stanford. College Park 50, Fairfax City 48, National Mall 50 degrees. All the way down to 25 in some suburban areas, 35 or so near D.C. tonight. We're brought to you by Long Fence. Save 20% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today. Schedule your free in-home estimate. Money news at 10 and 40 past the hour on WTOP with Jeff Claybaugh. The number of job openings fell in January, and the number of Americans voluntarily quitting a job fell to the lowest level since 2021. Adidas warns of its first-ever annual loss in three decades. After ending its partnership with Kanye West's Yeezy shoe brand, Habitat for Humanity houses in Virginia are starting to get solar. The first was just installed by Fauquier Habitat in Warrington, thanks to an American Institute of Architects grant. The Dow lost 58 points, but the Nasdaq gained 46. 
Jeff Claybaugh, WTOP News. Checking out the Asian markets at this hour, Australia's ASX 200 is up a fraction of a point. Coming up here on WTOP, the beating death of Tyree Nichols at the hands of Memphis police. The special Scorpion unit that is no longer in existence has led to a Justice Department investigation. We'll check in live with CBS News correspondent Matt Piper to learn more. Stay close to WTOP. Money News brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Here's Brandon Gullah. The Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of Rancher Government Solutions on Federal Insights, Securing the Software Supply Chain, sponsored by Rancher Government Solutions. It's important for us to provide all the binary assets and honesty, transparency and observability to what's actually running in that underlying software component. And it's up to us as a software vendor to make that information available. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Rancher Government Solutions. Rancher Government Solutions, the leader for securing Kubernetes and cloud-native containerized applications for the U.S. government, has launched Rancher Government Carbide a revolutionary supply chain security solution in response to the increasing threat to the nation's software supply chain. Carbide simplifies Kubernetes security management by providing a better, more standardized way for users to verify and validate that their software is safe and secure. To learn more, visit RancherGovernment.com. Good to have you here at 713. In 2022, Shulman Rogers looked at how it could better serve its clients. One way was to open a new full-service office in Northern Virginia, where many of its clients have their businesses, work, and live. Managing partner Sam Spiritos explains the unique way the law firm views its relationship with clients. We really feel like we're partners of our clients, and not partners in the sharing of profit sense, but their problems are our problems. We really try and not just be an executioner uh, of their work or transaction, but really be thoughtful about what we can do, what relationships can we introduce them to, what opportunities are out there. We think about the client-attorney relationship differently than many firms, and we really take a a connector approach to our clients and really um, think about how we can help them be the most successful. To learn more about the firm's new full-service location in Tyson's Corner, as well as about all its practice areas and attorneys, visit showmanrogers.com. The Wizards getting started in a big game against the Hawks at this hour and a college coaching legend, men's basketball, done after nearly 50 years. Rob has sports in just 10 minutes. At United Bank, the community bank of the nation's capital, we know the financial decisions you're making to keep your families and future secure. With a long history of safe, sound, relationship-driven banking practices, we provide our customers with peace of mind protection. We offer the best of both worlds, the technology, products, and expertise you expect from a big bank, but with the personal touch and local decision-making only a local community bank delivers. Learn more at bankwithunited.com. Com. Member FDIC. Well, I'm dealing with stats all the time. This is Dave Johnson, but forget points and rebounds for now. Window Nation has a stat you need to know. Energy costs in D.C. are up 25% compared to last year, and 43% of your utility bill is heating costs. Well, Window Nation has a winning game plan. How about two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay zero down, make zero payments, and get 0% financing for 24 months? You heard that right. That's two years, pay nothing. Call 866-90-NATION or go online to windownation.com and tell them Dave Johnson's 
sent you. Everything you need, every time you listen. WTOP News. It is 7.15. I'm Dimitri Sotis. Thanks for being with us tonight. Two months after Tyree Nichols was brutally beaten by a group of Memphis police officers and later died, we're learning tonight that at the request of a defense lawyer, a court has agreed to delay the release of 20 more hours of video and audio from the night that those five officers attacked Nichols. We mentioned he died days later. The investigation now moves to the federal level as the Justice Department is getting involved here to look at the tactics of Memphis police to see what could be changed, what can be improved. Let's take you live tonight to CBS News correspondent Matt Piper with the latest on that. Matt, uh, even the vast resources of the federal government can't look at every police department in the nation. Uh, They're looking at Memphis now for, for obvious reasons. What more can you tell us about how deep they'll dig and what they hope to learn? Yeah, it appears that they're, you know, digging very deep. They're, they've only, you know, Tyree Nichols died back in January. So this was, you know, less than two months ago. So they've been obviously having to look through a lot of this footage from this Scorpion unit. And the DOJ says that it's going to examine the policies and the practices and training of police use of force, and especially when it comes to specialized units, because this was a different type of unit that was involved with Tyree Nichols' death, the Scorpion unit, as your listeners may have remembered hearing about back in January. So these were police officers, but they were in unmarked cars. They wore black hoodies and vests uh, and had the word police somewhere on there. But they, to the average person seeing these officers on the street, you wouldn't necessarily know that they were actually police officers. And the analysis is that maybe with a seasoned commander uh, that this team could have uh, gone in a very different direction than what we saw, which was almost, I, I hesitate to put it this way, a leisurely attack on this man who seemingly did nothing wrong. That's what it seems like from the tapes that we've seen so far. So at the time, officials said that they determined that it was in the best interest to deactivate that Scorpion group, which was about more than two dozen officers or so. But these specialized units, you know, they're they're usually in larger cities. Not a whole lot of people maybe would be familiar with them until you hear about them with a case like this. They're usually intended to fight crime in some of these major cities. But the officers here in Memphis, when we're talking about the death of Tyree Nichols, most of them were brand new to the force and had this very short training period. So that's going to be another thing that these um, DOJ officials are going to look into. The training, where they trained for only a couple weeks. You know, you can obviously see if these were officers who were there for years and had someone who was really, you know, on top of them. But it appears that these were officers who, at least to the Scorpion unit, were pretty brand new to it. Despite how badly a particular mayor or police chief wants to bring down crime, do you think this investigation could lead to far fewer of these specialized forces? You know, it seems like it. I will say it was the, the, the Memphis mayor and the police chief who asked for this review of the Memphis Police Department. So they're, you know, kind of saying, look, we want officials at the highest level to look at what happened here. Could that happen in other cities? It's possible. And I'm sure that there are police chiefs throughout the country who have some of these other specialized units who are looking at this case and saying, you know, let, let's let's back up here. You know, is it really worth um, us having these people that the average person? And again, uh, these officers that we wouldn't really know were officers that could have, you know, changed things in this in in this Tyree Nichols case. If if you really could tell that this was police who were trying to, you know, stop you for a certain reason, that could have changed the trajectory of this. Certainly appreciate all your uh, important points in your reporting tonight. Thanks for checking in with us. Sure, Dimitri. Thanks. That's Matt Piper with CBS News talking about the Justice Department taking a very deep dive and close look into the Memphis Police Department after the beating death of Tyree Nichols. 
Back to WTOP's Traffic Center now and Bob Imler. In Virginia, southbound 95, delays are starting at the Beltway in Springfield, getting past the crash just after the Fairfax County Parkway and still squeezing by to the right in the main lanes very slowly. Interloop Beltway slows from the Dulles Toll Road off and out of T-70. And in Maryland, on the outer loop of the Beltway, very heavy and slow through Silver Spring on a 270 north. The crash remains before Old Georgetown Road on northbound 270. And on 95 in the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, pretty good shape. Northbound volume delays on the BW Parkway out to the Beltway and up through Greenbelt. 50 out to the Bay Bridge is good to go, as is 270. And uh, things are just a little bit slow here and there still on 395 South in the district getting out to the 14th Street Bridge. Bob Imler, WTOP Traffic. Storm Team 4's Mike Stennifer. Clear skies and cold tonight. Lows will be in the 20 suburbs, low to mid-30s in the district. Sunshine with lighter winds on Thursday, a high in the low to mid-50s. A cold rain on Friday could begin as some wet snow, mainly north and west. Little or no accumulation. Highs 40 to 45. Cloud cover and breezy on Saturday. Highs low to mid-40s. I'm Storm Team for a meteorologist, Mike Stinnerford. Right now in Rockville, 45, Ashburn, 45, District Heights, 46, but going all the way to the mid-20s in the suburbs and down to the low 30s, closer to D.C. We're brought to you by Len the Plumber, trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Quick look at the top stories we're working on on WTOP. It hasn't happened in more than 30 years. The Senate has voted to block a D.C. law from going into effect. Supporters of that move say it's because D.C.'s new criminal code is soft on crime. President Biden unveils his new budget proposal tomorrow with an emphasis on protecting Social Security and Medicare and a sizable raise for federal workers. Keep it here for full details on WTOP. And next... Jurors hear the 911 call of a girl shot and killed by her mother, Anil Augenstein. Stay with us for your whole drive at 721. Melwood is accepting unwanted vehicles in any condition. Donating your vehicle to Melwood is fast and easy and supports your local community. We accept most vehicles in any condition, even if it's old or doesn't run. To donate, call 1-877-MELWOOD or visit melwood.org forward slash radio. Melwood, empowering people with disabilities for 60 years. Call 1-877-MELWOOD to donate today. Y'all feeling lucky? Luke Combs here, and I have an exclusive opportunity for you to win a half a million dollars by joining me in the Living Lucky with Luke Combs Lottery Experience. When it rains, it pours for lucky fans and lottery players who enter to win a chance of a lifetime. Join me in Nashville for a private concert at the iconic Ryman Auditorium in 2024. One lucky winner will have the chance to walk away with a half million dollars at the end of the show. From the Virginia Lottery, learn more at balottery.com slash lucky. 722. The father, a black man in a blue uniform. The mother, full of hope. When they welcome their newborn son, can they protect him in a world filled with danger? Washington National Opera presents the D.C. premiere of Blue, a profound story of grief and resilience after a death at the hands of police. See why the Music Critics Association named Blue the best new opera of 2020. March 11th through 25th. Tickets at kennedy-center.org. It's a big world. Eight billion people on 200 million square miles of this planet. But the news you care about most is what happens in and around Washington. That's why we have more reporters covering more local stories. Here in Georgetown. Breaking news from Landover. Here at the federal courthouse. WTOP News. Everything you need, every time you listen. This is WTOP News. 723 breathtaking testimony in the first day of the Fairfax County murder trial 
of Veronica Youngblood. She's charged with shooting and killing her two daughters in their McLean apartment in 2018. Here in circuit court, jurors heard the 911 call from Veronica Youngblood's 15-year-old daughter, Sharon, after she'd been shot twice. Struggling to breathe and begging for help, she told the 911 dispatcher that her mother had shot her. The call taker reassured the girl that help was on the way and encouraged her to keep breathing. Jurors heard the sound of the front door being broken down. She was rushed to the hospital where she died. Her lawyers said Youngblood has endured a long history of abuse and trauma. They asked she be found not guilty by reason of insanity. In Fairfax, Neil Augenstein, WTLP News. Tesla is now the subject of multiple federal investigations. U.S. safety regulators are looking into the car maker after reports of steering wheels coming off some SUVs. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is launching its own probe with a special crash investigation team. The investigation stems from a fatal crash last month involving a Tesla Model S and a fire truck. It's suspected the 2014 model was using Tesla's advanced driver assistance system. The driver was killed, a passenger critically injured. Some believe there could be a glitch in how the autopilot system responds to emergency vehicles. At least 15 Teslas have crashed into those vehicles using the automated system. Steve Futterman, CBS News. And more tonight about the deadly crash involving a wise high school student in Upper Marlboro. Police say the car that 18-year-old Kaylee Haygood was riding in was heading north on Ritchie Marlboro Road yesterday. The car tried to pass a vehicle, then crashed into the back of a landscaping trailer that was parked on the roadside. Haygood was sitting in the passenger seat. She died at the scene. The driver, an 18-year-old man, taken to the hospital. We are still working to find out how severe his injuries are. Now 725. Sports at 25 and 55. Powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Let's find out what's happening with Rob Woodfork. All right. The uh, Wizards just uh, getting started here against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, crucial mini series here between these two teams on the back end of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. The Wiz trailing 26 to 20 as we have about four minutes left to go in the first quarter. Trey Young, five for five to start. Uh, for the Hawks and the uh, Wizards, uh, once again, Kristaps Porzingis, a hot start, 4 of 5, including both of his three-point tries for 10 points, both teams shooting over 60% to start this game. Down a level, Howard led South Carolina State by 17 at halftime. We are now uh, in the second half with the Bison in front, 55-27 to 27 in their MEAC quarterfinal. In the A-10 tournament, GW ousted in round two by falling on the wrong side of a 20-9 run to end a 87-76 loss to St. Joe's. George Mason topped Richmond 62-59. They advanced to a quarterfinal matchup with St. Louis. At the top of the hour, Georgetown opens its run in the Big East tournament against Villanova. The big news of the day came out of Syracuse. Head coach Jim Beheim done after 47 seasons, but we're not sure if it's a retirement because this is what he said after today's ACC tournament loss to Wake Forest. I think you missed it. I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it in the press conference afterwards, and nobody except William Payne figured it out. You're going to retire? This is up to the university. You want to come back? I didn't say that. Uh, okay, but so what are you saying? You're not saying you're retiring, I think but you're I not just saying. said it. I don't know. So you don't know. Okay. I said this is up to the university. All right. Well, the university said longtime assistant Adrian Autry is now the head coach. That's the sum total. Rob Woodford.